This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On today's show, we try and drag an hour out of a dismal no-score ball between Borough and Port Vale. Welcome to Borough Pod. Good morning, Borough fans. Uh, as ever, I'm your host, Nate. Joining me today, we've got uh, Mr. Jackson. How you doing, Pat? Hello, I'm all right. I've seen worse nil-nils. And I got home from last night's game and tried to sit through Minnesota versus Iowa in college football. And that was 10-3 to Iowa at half time, And I fell asleep at half time and missed the spectacular three field goals to nil. That means Minnesota came back to win 12-10 in the second half. So uh, I missed a glorious comeback from sort of my team. <laughs> Only three got a three field goal comeback doesn't sound that exciting. Imagine winning a game score with four field goals. Jesus wet. <laughs> it's, it's, it feels very uh it feels very Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, yeah. This is this is the wrong podcast, Pat. Don't get us <laughs> talking of, don't start us on American football. It's Greg Shirt's also, fault. <laughs> also with us today, uh the new regular member of the show. It's Greg Kett. How do this, that's what you've been been waiting for, isn't it? You, <laughs> I've had that one in your back pocket for. A, I was like, last week couldn't couldn't come on after agreed. I'll start coming on more regularly, and you've had that in your back pocket, and that's all it is. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. To be fair, uh, Pat Pat was like, oh, you should introduce him as the new regular member, and I was like, well, that's happening. Uh, and I was going to say it sounded away. more it sounded more like Pat than it sounded like you. <laughs> I, I would have put, I would have put a lot of money on Pat being the one to write it. I won't lie. That's uh, shocking. Yeah, but I appreciate no. it, nevertheless. <laughs> no, yeah, it was it, it was a Pat line, and and it made me chuckle. So it immediately went in, and I didn't try to, <laughs> and I didn't try to improve on it. I would have if if Pat hadn't come up with something. I'm sure I would have tried to come up with something funny, but uh, it made me chuckle. So it went in. And that was that. Good, um, good to be on once again. We'll see. I might, I might just stand down. You have to keep using the line every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Let's uh, let's have a look at the uh, f- match facts and all that garbage from yesterday. So uh, we started uh, the starting lineup for Stevenage. Ashby having a goal. Uh, we had Kane Smith playing right wing back, and then a um, centre back trio of Wilden, Thompson and Pierre Gianni. Then we have Butler left uh, wing back um, with a midfield, a two-man midfield of uh, Terence Rankin and Jake Forstakowski. Freeman in the attacking mid role and then we had uh, Roberts and Reed up front. Um, as things go for stats, Stevenage had uh, 12 shots to Vale's eight, although Vale had three shots on target to our two um, <clears throat> possession wise, they dominated possession with sixty percent at half time. Uh, they had slightly more possession than that. They're sixty five to our thirty five. Um, pass success rate for Stevenage was a measly, well, an okay sixty two percent. No, that's not not terrible. Um, but you do want that to be a little bit higher, really. Uh, as as is pretty common, we. Uh, won the aerial the aerial jewels twenty five jewels to twenty, um, and then uh, Vale had seven corners to our six. Um, yellow cards. Roberts got one in the thirty fourth minute, which rendered his second half almost completely and utterly non existent. If I'm honest, uh, Nathan Thompson got one in the fifty minute 
50th minute, and then Kane Smith got one in the 80th minute. Um, for Vale, they had one in the 28th minute, they had one in the 38th minute, and they had one in the 45th minute. Um, it wasn't a good game, was it? It wasn't as good as expected, I suppose. It was a game between two sides who felt like if they finish ninth and 10th, they'd be pretty happy with the season when they look back on it. And if they keep playing like that, that's the direction they'll both slip because it wasn't the performance of a side that's going to make the uh, playoffs from either side. They uh, There wasn't any lack of effort, but there was a lack of coherent attacking strategy for both sides, I felt. And when it's just slap it down the line and hope they make a mistake and let you in, that's a low percentage chance of creating something. And that's what we saw on the day. Very low numbers of good opportunities to score. Very low numbers of difficult saves to be made. It was a bit, it felt a bit cliched. It felt like the conditions before the game, and I, I think I messaged several people being like, this has got nil and over it and all over it, just based on the conditions alone. <laughs> and it didn't really feel like either team really reacted well to, to being in those conditions and had the quality to be able to think of a game plan that might actually give us give them an opportunity. Like For example, I was expecting as soon as a, an opportunity comes towards the edge of the box, 20, 25 yards out, you have a dig low and hard and hope that the keeper's not going to have a chance. And it only felt like, I think there might be one of those shots in the entire game, which I think the keeper yeah. sort of Ripley made the save for. But... Yeah. I spent the first fifteen minutes thinking, "Is that really Ryan Loft? Like that? Just, <laughs> he just looks—he looks like a completely different human being. He's not the same guy. He's still shit. Oh yeah, he's still equally as shit, but he's bulked out, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's he's gone mass, from he's when massive, he played for it? us. So, yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely unit. Not as big as uh, the gigs he came on for. Or came he off pays for you. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, 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 he's another level, guy but... immediately. He he. Well, well let, let's let's pin that and get back to that later um i just want to talk about the starting lineup um six defenders on the field obviously tvc <laughs> tvc played in in midfield but you know when you see tvc on the team sheet and there are there's a dearth of other midfielders he's going to be playing in midfield and although he's going to be a defensive midfielder um i enjoyed it, r on twitter quote tweeting it with bit too attacking for me this steve I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it very much felt like a response to the fact that we've had a little bit of a tendency recently to ship goals. It felt like Steve's like, right, okay, let's address that by filling the pitch with players that you can actually defend and then uh, see if we can snatch one. And I was disappointed by that lineup. I would. It's much a rather... way to approach it, but a way to approach it against a side below you in the league on mediocre form at home. Oh, no. If you're going to do that, you want to see aggressive substitutions in the second half to, uh, you know, really go for a win. And we just saw more of the same for ninety minutes, and then went home going, "Yeah, that that was a game, I suppose." Wasn't it? That happens. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the actual incidents throughout the game um i've made notes of particular things that happened um so uh in the first half uh on eight minutes um their right-sided center back low slipped um and j-rob picked up the ball over on the left wing with a goalkeeper outside his area and my initial instinct was he should have shot Immediately, immediately, because the goalkeeper was a mile like out, he was outside of the area. If if you miss, you miss, right? You've got to pull. You just have to pull the trigger with the goalkeeper so far off the line. Instead, what he did is he takes three or four touches, tries to cross the ball to Jamie Reed, who um, who was running into the box to attack the ball. Um, but this had given the goalkeeper enough time to maybe not compose himself, but certainly get back into a position where he can um, he can affect, affect the attack. Um, and then Reed and the goalkeeper collided. Uh, no one really made it a clean contact with it. And the ball runs out to the right-hand side of the, uh, the uh, uh, veil box. And they just then play the ball away 
nice and calmly because there's nobody else up. Um, yeah, that, it, that really irritated me. We did not do very well in that attack. It was a game of missed opportunities all round, and we lacked incisiveness and we lacked options in areas that would have been useful a lot of the time. You kept seeing mm-hmm. the ball go to the fullbacks, and then you want someone to run out to the wing in front of them so they have an easy ball to curl into someone's feet. And no one made that run, and then they got pressured, and then they played it long and hopeful, and we tried to pick up some scraps. But it felt like maybe it's the having Van Kooten and JFC in those two further back midfield roles. I don't know. Who's, whose responsibility no, is it to fill in that gap? Because Roberts no, no, and Freeman no, no. were doing it. No, no. So... When you see Roberts playing as the man in behind the strikers, Roberts always making those runs out on the diagonal. Yes. Freeman doesn't make those runs. So that's the difference. That that's that's the difference. Roberts and Reed as a front pairing doesn't work for me. They it doesn't work with what midfield we had behind them today. Certainly. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't think there was any. Like you know, when you're gonna if you're playing Presley, you're gonna ping it up to him for him to hold up the ball, and then there's gonna be runs made either side. You know what you're getting with that. If you're playing Listy, you know you've got to play the ball in behind. You've got, mm-hmm. you know what you're going to be getting. When you played Robertson Reed, it didn't feel like there was that same game plan. It wasn't like, so, okay, so what you're going to try and play in behind to Reed probably doesn't have the pace to. Well, no, they were, they were doing kind of runs. They were playing. They were playing a lot of balls up to Roberts to try and get the flick ons, but he just wasn't winning the headers. He can't. He can't. I did, but he never really does. That's not hit. That's not oh. where he plays his best football. Yeah. Right when he, his best football he's played for us, he's playing in that ten. You're not yeah. playing as a centre forward to win flick ons. And also, if you want to play a centre forward to win flick ons, mm. play Presley. Like that's yeah, literally yep, what so. he's what he's there for. Even, I don't, I don't even, know. Maybe, even, maybe he's not even fit. Hemings. I don't know. Presley or yeah, Hemmings, one push. of the two. Yeah, out of push. Uh, yeah. I'd rather see Hemmings playing up top than Jordan Roberts. Yeah, and then yeah. Jordan if, Roberts can play off them in a position in which he where he can more, where he can really affect the game. Exactly. He, yeah. But the thing the thing is, Hemmings he had a busy morning playing for the Power Rangers, so it was he was never going to be able to, <laughs> to get to get a full ninety out of him. <laughs> Fuck's sake! We didn't get a um, minute out of him, did we? Twelve, <laughs> twelve, twelve minutes on on twelve minutes. Um, I wrote Luther. I thought it was Luther, but looking at the re- replay, it was Kane Smith, wasn't it? Who uh, did his best Sol Campbell impression and just started a slide on the edge of the box and slid fifteen yards into it and wiped out uh, Ethan Chislett. Um, it's a fucking woeful. I don't know if he's actually trying to make a slide tackle or if he just falls over. Um, there were a lot of players slipping over in that first half, um, but he just he just wipes him out. It doesn't matter that the guy's going away from goal. It doesn't matter that the ball's actually fifty, well, like five yards behind them when he makes contact. He's he's slid in and he's absolutely torn Chislet down, and it's a it's an absolutely dreadful attempt to at tackle. What I don't get is that there was like two guys, two Paul Vale players who. Who kind of half went to the referee as in like oh, that's a penalty, and then after that yeah. it kind of just nothing else was said. I was like, if that's if that's any other team or even they're, our they're own team, surrounding the referee, they are and going crazy stick. at the referee right now. Mm-hmm. But it was it, that's what made me think I might have missed something because it looked Stonewall from where I was um, yeah. behind in the north, and I was like, I was like, I was just like, have I missing something here? Is there is there like not been contact and it just looks worse than it actually is? The only person surrounded. The only person in the ground that didn't think it was a penalty is the ref. And the assistant even, ref, even, even, he didn't flag. He started. He started to because I looked straight at the assistant ref. Mm-hmm. He put his hand up that. and then brought it back. Brought it back down. Yeah. Oh, you're so not giving it. Oh well, I'll agree with you then. Mm. The assistant referee couldn't even tell what a throw in was from what was three no, yards in front no. of him. So, well, I mean, <laughs> so, see, this is this is something that's always really bugged me, and and I've spoken to a referee, a couple of referees about it. Um. The linesmen are there to initially flag flag to try and you know say what the decision is, but then also to to show the rest of the ground what the decision is. So if a referee makes a decision that differs to what the lino thinks, their job is to then display what the actual call is. Fair enough. So if so, he's done the right thing in 
starting to raise his flag. Referees overruled him, overruled him immediately, and he's taken him back down. Which you know you can't argue with. It's a funny moment in the first half when um, uh, their their uh, left side centre back Smith. Um, I know it wasn't Smith. It was a uh, Balmer when he gets his yellow card slides in to take out Nick Freeman, almost takes out the uh, lino as well. And then Freeman and the lino are running side by side down the line, but the lino's just wagging the, wagging the flag in his face. <laughs> like they're literally next to each other. The lino's almost like looking, looks like he's trying to batter him with it. Um, I would have rather had the free kick than the yeah. awful cross that was drilled in from Freeman in that, in, in that, in that circumstance. But as a referee, you're right to play on. And you're right to pull it back for the yellow card. I thought, this is going to sound yeah. stupid. Aside from the two missed penalties, it was a good referee in display, or at least, you know, balanced where, in terms of the mistakes. There, were, it, it, there was no yeah. clear howlers apart from those two. No. I thought, I thought, in, the, I thought in the first half, um, I wrote on 18 minutes, um, Scott Jackson is a uh, former Navy petty officer, but he's very lenient. Which yes. doesn't make me feel like he's he's military. I I I think I get what he was trying to do. I, I he was I think I feel like he was trying to take the conditions into into consideration with making the decisions, which may be why he didn't punish Kane because it I can't work out if Kane Smith was was try even on the replay. I can't work out if he's trying to put in a slide tackle if he's just fallen over. If he's just fallen over, it's clumsy. It's silly. It probably is still a penalty, but like, and I can understand why a referee might give him the benefit of the doubt in that circumstance. And I feel like he was doing that a lot, where players players were catching people late, and the referee was just taking a minute and then going, like, "I'm going to let play on here." Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do the same thing because I feel like the players should adjust to the conditions a little better. But I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slate him for it. I think the two penalty. I think I think Kane Smith should have been should have been penalised. I get why at the end of the day he wasn't, but he should have been penalised. And I think that we um, we were unlucky to get the penalty as well. The ball's come in from the right hand side. It's steamed over to uh, Balmer, who's uh, scuffed his shot straight up into his own hand. It's not shot. It's uh, his clearance um, straight up into his own hand, and his his arms not just like. By his side, his arms out as if like David Beckham's taking a free kick. Like it's really out there, and it's pinged up, and it's hit him on the arm, and it's just uh, they're the ones though poor. that you do you do see quite often not given if it's like a, a scuffed yeah. clearance into the arm because they they will deem that more as in an arm in a more natural position based on what he was doing at that particular point, and that's what um, I think if you watched the Arsenal Chelsea game yesterday, loads of people. Or certainly, most of Arsenal fans, I should say, were complaining about Saliba's because it was obviously right next to him and his arm was out. But the contact that was made, I think, it was on whatever the guy's head was. It was that, so. It's one of those ones that I mean, I'll be honest, with you, I don't even know what handball is, rule is anymore. To be honest, with you. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone truly does. But no. I was not surprised that it wasn't given, even though from a very far away where I was, it, it did look like a stonewall penalty. But I agree with 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 Pat in regards to. It was the referee was getting a lot of abuse in the, from the north. There was there were several people just constantly giving him abuse as if he was the worst referee. He's probably one of the best we've had down there this year, which probably says more about the standard of refereeing in in the yeah. EFL more than anything. But it was, I can't think of a referee who had the home game that I've been to that's been as good as as he was that yesterday. The the, the only the only the, the penalty decisions both like like you're saying like I, I can understand again why you wouldn't give this the the one for in favor of Stevenage because like you said you know you put, I guess he's a judge that his hands in a natural position and and you sort of move on right. Um I think I think he did an he did a okay job. He's he, he's refereed very little in the EFL. He's a he's come up from the National League. Most of the games, even this season, that he's refereed are in National League. Um, so I think he did fine. Um, I always think of referees, it's it's not always about the decisions that they make. It's sometimes about how they referee the game. Like if you're losing control of the game, like you think of that um, that knobhead we had earlier this year, was it Matha or whatever his name was, 
it, his decisions pretty much the entire game were 90% incorrect. But also, he was just losing everything else around him. And that's yeah. why I'm pretty sure... I mean, I'm sure he was injured. I'm not, I'm not accusing that he wasn't. But, I mean, even if I'd had that bad a day at the office, I think I'd want to clock out early and all, to be fair, because he, yeah. he was just... Sorry, lads, I've got a migraine. I'm going to have to... Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was shite. Absolute was, shite. Yeah, but, I um I rate on 30 minutes, boring game, plenty of endeavour, but very little quality. Yep, that's a good summary of the whole thing. And uh, as we Stop say... Stop there then, shall we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> no, go on. I was going to say, I mean, it, we'll, it was good, the good... Come on, brain, get your game in. The only positive <laughs> I think I saw from it was... Um, Port Vale celebrated at the end, like they'd done something really good. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you got a nil-nil against a mid-side. We went off looking really disappointed. And that's a sign that they're acknowledging that that wasn't good enough and they need to be doing better, which is a positive. Um, And of either side, Reed missed the easiest chance, that one-on-one second half about 10 yards out. Keeper did well to narrow the angle and make himself big, but... You want to be scoring those and winning those games 1-0 when you're struggling. Jamie, That's the, the Jamie Reed doesn't score those, does he? He only, he only, he only scores belters. Hmm. Well, score the easy <laughs> ones, please, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe just yeah. once in a while. Not every time. Just once in a while, just, just score an easy one. When it's yeah. nil-nil on a shitty day when both sides are struggling, that's the difference between challenging for the playoffs and challenging for 14th, right? So where do you want to be at the end of the year? I, I I must admit I wasn't I thought Port Vale were a better side than I thought they were going to be though I thought they yeah. when I saw the lineup I thought all right they've got Loft up front they've got you know they've got some 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 EFL experience in there and I was thinking they're just going to be one of those teams and that's why I genuinely thought nil nil it's just got it written all over it alongside mm-hmm. the conditions as well but actually I thought they played some good football at times I thought the fourteen Ojo when yeah. he got the ball down and play, they actually weren't an awful team. Um, but as soon as he got to the last sort of ten fifteen minutes, they were very much all right. We don't want to lose this game. Yeah. Let's just let's just hide. And you saw the keeper a few times within what he was allowed to do, trying to trying to waste a bit of time and mm-hmm. slow the pace down, which didn't help when it wasn't like we were going all out attack anyway. Because I think we were also worried about potentially getting caught, which is really what I was expecting. I was expecting at some point. Want probably us realistically getting caught out and, and losing that game one nil, but it kind of just petered out to nil nil because both teams kind of just accepted it was it was one of those days. Ojo did well because uh, Roberts trod on his toe and, judging from his reaction, broke like seventeen bones in his foot, and then somehow we managed to have some Wolverine-like recovery powers and get up and after like three seconds of limping, he was running around like nothing had happened. So you know, fair play <laughs> to him for his superhuman healing skills. <laughs> In the, in the first half, it looked like Bulmer was going to come off. You know, he went down, had a lengthy, lengthy stoppage, then got up, and then minutes later went down again. I was like, oh, it's not looking good for him. Port Vale sent sent a defender to off to uh, go and warm up. He got stripped off, and then got told to sit down. Bulmer went on, and then looked like he'd never had an injury in his career. Um, <laughs> my second half notes. Okay, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna read through all of the all of them up to. Up to when we make subs. Okay. 61st minute, break from a Port Vale corner. Freeman down the right hand side. Um play play plays across into Reed, who volleys over. 62 minutes. Uh Burrow in the ball high. Great save from Jamie. Great, great save from low shot from Jamie Reed. 65 minutes, why no subs? 68 minutes, why no subs? 70 minutes, why no subs? 72 minutes, why no subs? 75 minutes, list off Robertson. Why the wrong sub? I so I at half time speaking to Neil Metcalf, Dino, and Steve. I was very surprised to to say to to hear that they thought that Freeman had had a good first half. That really surprised me because I thought he was borderline anonymous. He oh, did a lot was... of chase. He did a lot of chasing, but he didn't do much. He doesn't offer anything in that midfield, and and in my view, every time I've seen him play there, I just, I just, I just don't. I see him just chasing shadows constantly, and I made that as a as a slight tongue in cheek 
yesterday, I think in a message I sent you guys, but I, I genuinely meant like you just what you watch him play, the players around him, it's never with him. And this whereas if you've got it kind of, yeah, kind of. I think I'm not. I think Dean Campbell felt more like a luxury player. I felt like when he did get the ball at his feet, he could actually do something with it. With Freeman, I don't feel like he has that either. And you look at you've got players, you've got the two Thompsons on the on the bench, and they've both got to be sitting. I mean, he could have had a seventh defender on with Philly Burns, and probably had more impact realistically. Um, it just didn't feel like a game where, and and. I'd have no idea how that guy got fuller through 90, full 90 minutes. It makes no sense to me whatsoever because at no point in that game was he ever going to be able to unlock that defence or do anything to to give us a chance of winning that game. Realistically, I mean, he had that he had that delivery to 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 Reedy, which, to be fair to him, was a good cross. Reedy, you know, it's a difficult chance. He's under a lot of pressure from his centre back. Volley's over. It wasn't a bad effort from the angle that he's attacked it. Freeman also in the first half had a, had a couple of shots from outside the area. One trickled harmlessly through to the goalkeeper, and one trickled harmlessly wide. It's it's uh, yeah. I I would have taken him off at halftime, but Presley on dropped Roberts into his traditional role. But the problem with that is that Roberts getting his yellow card in the thirty third minute kind of mm. you know we've we've said it we've said it regularly now, haven't we? Rob, Roberts getting a yellow card basically ends his game he can't affect the game in the way he normally does because he has to, he has to hold off the press he's playing football in the in the wrong decade isn't he he's like because <laughs> you, it's too easy yeah. to get yellow cards nowadays to be yeah. a player like Jordan Roberts I don't think he was as nullified by it as usual yesterday but he was obviously very disappointed when he came off and trudged mm-hmm. around the field very grumpily straight down the so, tunnel apparently and I was kind of I was thinking the same but that I'd rather have seen, because we were playing like we had Presley up front without Presley up front, right? We were yeah. slinging it long and hoping to pick up the seconds without the best player in our team at picking up the firsts in that situation. So you want to see Presley up there as soon as we can, if we're not going to adapt how we play to the players we've got out there. And then the best player at picking up the seconds from that in Roberts and Reed playing around him. And we just didn't get that at all. It was disappointing. Yeah, it was it was yeah. it was the one game I've seen Jordan Roberts probably in the entire season where it was you were amazed that he hadn't been hauled off already, and when it when he it was probably only a few minutes before he eventually then did get substituted that he had a couple of of nice moves down I think it's down the right hand side, and I think that's where his frustration came from is because he was putting in effort to try. And, and do something, try and get himself into the game. And a couple of times he did, and and it looked good. And then all of a sudden he's off the off the pitch, and you've still got Nick Freeman there, who's twiddling his thumbs in the middle of the park. And so I kind of get his frustration to a certain extent, but yeah, don't don't spend seventy three minutes prior to that doing next to nothing and expect that you're going to be kept on the pitch. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Luther Luther hit the post from a from across. Um, I think it was from a free kick. Um, but he was given offside. Um, Listy had an effort, um, but his first touch was poor, and it just Dragging, took it away. Yeah. Took it, way took too it wide, away. Yeah. Way too wide. Yeah. Um, there, very little in sort of like real quality chances in that second half, really. Um, certainly they on, and then uh, John in the 87th minute, Jordan Roberts came off for Presley, and TVC came off for um, Thompson, Lewis, uh, Lewis Thompson. Um, it's just too late to really affect the game. We don't have we don't have players who you can give five minutes to and know that they're actually going to cause a problem. Like Presley was a little bit asleep at once one at one moment in that in that five minutes he had where he should have really pounced on a chance, but just sort of stood and watched instead. Um, and then there was another chance when the ball got played into him and he, he tried to bring it down. His t- touch was just way full on it. And it just trickled through to the goalkeeper. And, uh, and that was that really. Um, interestingly, at the end of the game, Neil, Neil Metcalf said, that it, this game was the first time 
where he's been sat there trying to figure out why Stevenage haven't made made any changes. And that really surprised me because we've mentioned it on here numerous times now that this season we haven't seen a sub until well after the 70th minute when we're Quite crying out choir crying out for a change. I haven't done it yet, but I am going to look back through our games and list the, and look at the times that we've made subs because I'm I am absolutely sure that it's multiple it's it's probably not just multiple games but the majority of games that we've seen where we're making subs really late and I don't really get it. Like I'm pretty sure we got to a, got to a there was a game a few fairly recently where we didn't make a sub until about 85 minutes and I was very confused in that game as to I think, why. I think this game just felt more pronounced because there was so little going on. Like there's some yeah, games yeah. where it's a bit more all action and, and you don't want to disturb the flow and so you don't make changes till late. And I get that. But this game was I mean you could have hauled off four or five of them and and you probably would have got the same, if not more of an impact out of it. So mm-hmm. the fact he held on as long as he did felt more to me like Evans didn't want to stick or twist. He, he very much, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do with it. So he just said, we'll keep going, we'll keep going. If Port Vale change up tactically and start going for it, maybe we then we then look to, to make a change ourselves. Or, <clears throat> but it just didn't feel like either team were going to do that. So And that's why it petered out to what it was. And that's why it took, I mean, three subs made, of which two in the 87th minute. That to me just kind of feels like, are oh, you just freshening it up? You're not. You're not actually trying to make a change to win this game. They're all no. like for like changes as well. Realistically, there was no actual tactical change that was made, and yeah. I think Evans just wanted to come away with it with a clean sheet and not and not mm-hmm. lose it. Which, when yeah. you're at home against a team like Port Vale and who you know aren't an awful team by any stretch, but they're not. But they're on a really league. bad run. Yeah, it was just one of those ones that sometimes you. Even with the conditions, you've got to, you've got to try. You've got to go and try and get something out of it more than more than what we got. Yeah, it kind well, of needed I'm, a goal. It needed a goal, didn't it? This game It's like if it there was really a goal did, at yeah. some point in the game, then it would have it just would opened it up. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sorry, um, that's fine. Uh, I've had enough talking about it, though. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move. Yeah, we've done on. well. 30, Thirty odd minutes. Thirty minutes. I I am fucking <laughs> astounded. We've just dragged about twenty eight minutes out of that. It's, wild um <clears throat> i'm gonna run through the rest of the division the results in the division um shrewsbury beat derby one nil um obviously we drew with Port Vale. cheltenham won a game of football they beat Cambridge Woo! united one nil alex <laughs> alex Tum- alex Tum- alex tunbridge doing alex Tum- tunbridge things um charlton beat reading four nil burton albion beat bristol rovers four one notable Notable. Bolton won two one against Northampton. Exeter lost two uh, nil at home against Wigan. Fleetwood lost one nil at home against Lincoln City. Also had a man sent off. Um, then uh, Orient drew one all with Barnsley, and Barnsley had a man sent off and actually came from behind in that game as well. Late in Orient one nil up at half time. Um, Portsmouth won one nil against Carlisle. Peterborough drew two all with Wickham, and Oxford drew one all with Blackpool. Um, so if we look at the league, if we look at the league table, um, Portsmouth and Bolton are the only teams in the top eight to uh, win games this weekend. Um, I'm not going to go f- down the league table. I'm just going to pick out some notable teams who are surprisingly where they are. Um, Wigan and Reading still in the drop zone, thanks to their. Uh, their points deductions. Um, although actually, Reading would be in the drop zone regardless of their points deductions at this stage. Uh, Wigan would be uh, would be sixteenth. Uh, let's see, promoted teams: Carlisle are in twentieth with eleven points. Northampton nineteenth with thirteen points. Uh, then Orient have uh, put a little bit of a run in together recently in the last five: win, loss, win, win, draw. Um, they've climbed up to 13, 13th with eighteen points. Um, and then, and then, you know, up the top end of the league, um, Blackpool in seventh with twenty. Stevenage at the moment holding on to that last uh, playoff place uh, in sixth with twenty-two points. Um, but all of these teams have at least one game in hand around us. Um, uh, Peterborough 
in fifth with 22 points. Bolton, um, fourth with 23 points. You've got Barnsley in third with 23 points, um, but a very healthy goal difference uh, thanks to that 7-0 seven, seven drubbing on the opening day of the season against Port Vale. I'm just going to mention it at every opportunity, really. Um, Oxford in second um, with 28 points, then Portsmouth in first with 31 points. And Portsmouth at the moment, they are currently on a... Jesus Christ. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight game, uh, seven game winning streak. They left it late this week, but that's what very, happens when you get the confidence late. of having that sort of streak, isn't it? You just get into the habit of holding on to that belief and keeping going to the final whistle. Yeah, absolutely. In the form table, we're currently 15th. Uh, last six is win, loss, loss, win, loss, draw. It's not great. Um, obviously, Portsmouth, Portsmouth, Oxford, Burton. Burn are putting a hell of a run in at the moment, actually. Draw, draw, win, 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 win. Um, that's sad to see. I'd like to see them get relegated. <laughs> so mean. Fuck you, fuck you, Dino. I don't have anything against Burton. It's all against uh, Dino, though. Um, <clears throat> right, League One on Tuesday. Wickham, vis- uh, Wickham host Bolton. Wigan host Oxford. Port Vale, uh, Peterborough. Northampton, Orient. Lincoln, Charlton, Bristol Ravers, Stevenage, uh, Derby Exeter, Carlisle Burton, Cambridge, Portsmouth, Blackpool, Cheltenham, Barnsley, Shrewsbury, and Reading Fleetwoods. Uh, that's a fucking horrible game, isn't it? Reading Fleetwoods. Jesus wept. That's one um, on that'll be on Sky or something, surely. <laughs> it does kick off 15 minutes after the rest. Imagine if it's actually on Sky. That'd be hilarious. It's a bit like the other day, what was it? That can't Burton. be on Sky. Yeah, oh, was it? Burton played the other day on Sky. It was like Jesus Christ. It's almost like Sky want want to uh, say to the EFL, oh, "We tried, we tried putting League One and League Two games on, and it's just it, we're not getting any viewers." No one watched it. I don't understand. <laughs> no, um, Tuesday on Tuesday on Sky, you've got Huddersfield versus Cardiff, Millwall, Blackburn. Norwich, Middlesbrough, Swansea, Watford, Leicester, Sunderland, and basically West all Brom. the championship games. West Brom, QPR, basically all of the champions, champions, uh, championship games. Yeah. Oh, hang on, load more. I know that's supposed moving into Wednesday. Yeah, but no, I, I'm quite, I'm quite happy that they leave League One alone. To be completely honest, um, I'd rather that. Anyway, let's look at Bristol Rovers. Um, They're a bit grim, aren't they? Not the best recent form. It's patchy. A couple of recent sendings off as well, which won't help them. So, yeah, sim- similar form to us, really. They've got in the last uh, five, because Exit was postponed, they've win, loss, win, loss, loss. Um, but 4 1 dropping by Burton ain't going to give you any hope for. For this this coming Tuesday, where they're currently in seventeenth position, four wins, three draws, five losses. Um, we've got a zero goal difference. Um, if they if they were if we were playing him in two thousand and nine, I'd be very fearful of Scott Sinclair and Chris Martin. But <laughs> it's, it kind of feel, feels like <clears throat> you've had your day. Like, how are you still getting first team football? In 2023, I'm quite looking forward to seeing um, Joey Barton and Steve Evans square off. I'm more interested in that than I am the game, to be honest. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that. Well, I don't know. I mean, all it takes is a controversial decision or, or or a bad tackle. Let's be honest, but. I feel like Evans, when it comes to players, certainly ex Premier League players, he 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 has more respect. He, he he's one of those people who, who he wants them in his phone book, doesn't he? So he's he's <laughs> one of those that I can see if yeah. it's a a guy who's come up from the non-league, he'd have a fight with them all day long because it's kind of where he's come from a little bit. But it wouldn't unless like I can say unless Joe Barnes starts going off on one, which is probably going to happen after about fifteen minutes, I'm sure. But yeah, Evans tends to direct most of his anger at uh, referees nowadays and fourth officials. So For right or wrong. 
Yeah. A fight between Evans and Bartons would be like 87 minutes of Joey Barton talking, 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 and then 0.2 of a second of Evans just one-punching him. (laughs) As as we know, Joey Joey Barton only punches women. He don't magically fight men, does he? Um, I can see I can see Paul Rayner and Barton having more of a square off more than anything because I mean that yeah. means Evans Evans is uh, I mean he's he just spent his time remonstrating referees and sat there looking grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're, we're we're probably gonna find that our our sort of strengths in previous strengths we're not so good we've not been so good at sort of attacking set pieces recently. But that sort of goes directly up against uh, one of their strengths in sort of defending against set pieces. I don't concede a lot from from that. The most most of the most of the goals they concede come from open play. Um, one of our one of our strengths in hitting teams on the counter and winning the ball high again. They uh, they 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 they're quite weak at. Um, weak at defending defending counter counter attacks, and they do lose the ball. Quite deep into their own 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 territory, so that sort of plays into our hands a little bit with with Roberts. Um, how 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 would you line us up on Tuesday night? Let's start with uh, Greg. Um, it kind of depends on who who's available and who's fit, of course. But I think I'm not expecting too many changes from what we saw Saturday. I think the only thing we might See, potentially is Van Kooten moving back into the back three. I, I, I'm not sure he'll, he'll want to go away from home against the against that side with the same same kind of back three as or back five that we saw on Saturday. So I think I think there might be some changes there, depending if Sweeney's back. I don't know what the situation Sweet, is with him. Sweeney's going to be out for. A- a while. All right, fine. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were some tweaks made there. But I think Bristol Rovers, based on what I know about them, I think they're very much possession-based team. So I think we'll see up front. I think you're probably more likely to see Presley and Reed. Reed will be the one chasing everything down with Roberts in behind. If Freeman starts, I'll I'll, I'll lose my head because I just I just do not see how. <laughs> How that guy deserves another another ninety minutes, <laughs> but I think they'll. It wouldn't surprise me if they moved Van Kooten back in, brought maybe in Finley Burns or some, or maybe even Louis Thompson into the midfield. Um, I think Evans is going to play this one relatively similar. I don't think he's going to go out there and try and win it. He'll go out there and, and if we can nick it, we'll nick it. But I don't think he'll be he'll be going after it this one. And so it wouldn't surprise me if there was probably two two three changes max. Um, but the game plan, I don't think, is going to be too too dissimilar to what we saw Saturday, and that will be feel them out for the first half an hour, and if we nick something, we nick something. If we don't, as long yeah. as we don't concede. Yeah, it certainly felt like Saturday was played knowing that Tuesday was coming, with that in mind, keeping some stuff back and fresh for that. I'd like to see... I mean, we're lacking the set-piece prowess in part because you don't have your Sweeney's on there and we have a smaller centre-back three. So maybe we see Sweeney come back in, although I thought um, Luther did really well as a centre-back in this one. And it was great to see Kane Smith back as well on the right-hand side. There was a couple of positives from this one. So, yeah, maybe maybe stick with that Sweeney back in for Thompson. Well, Thompson had a decent game last week. Um, I'd like to see. Other than the fact that I just said that Sweeney's going to be out for a good while. Oh, is he injured? Shit! <laughs> Definitely wasn't trying to read something else while you were talking. Um, all right, so that that stays as it is. Then I guess um, I want to see Louis Thompson and JFC as the two further back midfielders with Roberts in front of them, behind Reed. And Presley, because we've seen that that's our best setup for creating scoring opportunities of our own, and that's what we missed on Saturday. Now, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not having TVC in there weakens the protection in front of the back five more than I'm appreciating. But I don't know. Well, I'd push TVC 
back back to he back to the center of the back three, push push uh, Thompson to the out to the right center back, have have Luther play right wing back, Kane on the bench, Lou, uh, JVC uh, JFC and uh, 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 Louis Thompson as the holding midfielders, Roberts in behind Reed and Presley. Um, obviously, Tay and goal and and Butler left back. Um, I think Higgy's, Higgy's the, due a game though, right? I mean, it's been several now. I know she said international duty, but West Ham are going to come docking soon. I'm no. I'm quite. I'm quite glad since uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I was like, oh, we don't have a first choice goalkeeper. We've got two good options. Higgy hasn't started a game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been Mike Harneman. I'm glad. I'm glad that Steve Steve's backed me up in that respect because <laughs> I was absolutely going. We do have a first choice goalkeeper, and it's Tay Ashby Hammonds. Don't be silly. <laughs> We'd like um, it, certainly. Yeah. Moving on to the following weekend's visit of Derby. Um, Derby are on a. Well, they lost to Shrewsby, but uh, they've also had a draw against Cheltenham, but they did beat Blackpool in Blackpool. They're very weird. They're a very weird side at the moment. Five wins, three draws, four losses. Um, they seem to beat teams that you'd expect them to lose against and then draw to or lose to teams that you would expect them to beat. A very, very difficult team to read. Kind of, I think kind of makes sense. Sorry, Pat. It kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it? If you look at the team that they've got, they've got some really experienced players that have never played below the championship or haven't for years played below the championship. Yeah. And so them coming to a Shrewsbury and losing 1-0 kind of just feels almost mm. inevitable. And that, that's why... Um, in a weird sense, depending on how Tuesday goes, because if, if if Tuesday goes well, I can see us going into that derby game with confidence. I can I can see us winning that game for for that reason. I can see a derby coming in. They don't, they don't want to come to they don't want to come to the Lamex. They want to go and play in stadiums where you know they've got hot water after the game and stuff. Right? It's <laughs> it, that's that's it's just reality, right? And you look at the players that they've got in that team. You have got like Martin Waghorn always played Championship level. You've got Conor Horahan's played always championship level or high, if not higher. Yeah. Like, there's just guys, there's guys in that squad there that they don't want to be at this level. Um, they've mixed it in a little bit with some some sort of what I define as sort of League One experience players who've maybe been there and done it a little bit. But I think they will they will click into gear at some point later this year and they'll they'll <laughs> go on a run. But yeah. whilst they're inconsistent, I think we got we, you've got to try and nick that game because I don't think you can you certainly can't go with the game plan that we had on Saturday against Derby. I, I think they'll have too much quality to see through it. Yeah, that it's a facet I think of a big side in a small division that the fans have very limited patience. So if games start well, they get behind them and it snowballs positively. If they start off poorly they get on top of them and it snowballs negatively. And that's why you see this kind of zigzagging of mm-hmm. unexpected results. And you saw after the Shrewsbury game arguments between players and away fans. And so as a smaller team coming up against that, you need to start fast, get them on the back foot, get their fans on top of them. And then you're playing them with 12, maybe 13. If you get a referee, not giving penalties like we had in this one and uh, helping us out. Well, I'm going to push you both for predictions. Um, so let's start with the uh, Bristol Rovers visit to Bristol on Tuesday night. Pat, Steve, uh, Bristol Rovers nil, Stevenage nil. <laughs> Correct. Bristol Rovers one, Stevenage nil. <sighs> Bristol one, Stevenage one. Um, Pat, Derby. Stevenage one, Derby County two. Greg Stevenage 2 Derby County 0 Woo 2 goal near. win uh, I'm not going to go that high uh, but I am going to say Stevenage 1 Derby 0 
I don't know why part, that that game for me. That, that game for me just felt. If I'm a Derby fan, I'm thinking that's a trap game right, immediately. It's just yeah. one of those one of those games I can just see us nicking. I can see us just getting in their faces, and yeah, I can definitely see us winning that game. I like a trap game against the side five places ahead of you in the division. Yeah, but that's that. That's the that's the mentality they're going to have, right? Let's be honest. Every team it's, they play this year, it's uh, just Stevenage. Yeah, and that's that's oh. all it's that's all it's been for anyone who plays against us. In that case, I should go Stevenage 5, Derby 0, because that's exactly what Sheffield Wednesday did when they came here, and they got absolutely pummeled. I'm very right, uh, for that. <laughs> uh, I think that'll do it, boys. <sighs> I can't think of anything else that's worth talking about. Well, you can have a kip, and I'll go make some chocolate brownie. Oh man, I want to make some chocolate brownies now. I don't have any of the stuff to make chocolate brownies at the moment, um, so I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna keep. I'm gonna edit this fucking thing and get it out on the get get out on a Monday morning, like we're supposed to every week and keep not doing. Um, I liked your I liked your final I liked your final summary of the uh, the game yesterday on Twitter. The nilis nil that ever nils. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't really say much more than that. Like, it felt like if we played up until we had to get the coach to Bristol on Tuesday, we still wouldn't have scored, and neither would they. So, fine. <laughs> it's um, it's it's going to be this episode title. Then the list nil nil that ever nil. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me, chaps. Go well till next time. That's, that's, that's a good way to sign off. Go well, everybody. Up the borough. Woo! There goes the final whistle. And Stevenage have sealed promotion. And in style here at the Lamex Stadium. And on run the fans. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.